Get inside the game from every angle. It's Rugby Direct with Elliot Smith, powered by Newstalk ZB. Greetings, welcome into episode number three of Rugby Direct, Newstalk ZB's new, relatively new, three weeks in rugby podcast. My name is Elliot Smith. I am Newstalk ZB's All Blacks commentator, and around the next 20, 25, 30 minutes, thereabouts, you'll probably know, you'll probably see it on your Spotify, on your iHeartRadio, wherever you see it, how long this podcast is going to take you to listen, but we've got a jam show for you today. Coming up shortly, we'll hear from Willie Lossay, who is, of course, former Tongan international. He'll be our sideline eye for the All Blacks against Fiji in Hamilton, our live commentary on Saturday night. Willie runs his eye across the All Blacks side named for this weekend and what he wants to see out of the All Blacks. They were uh, beaten up rather physically by the Fijian side last week. Where do they make those improvements this weekend? Does he like the look of the loose forward trio named for this weekend's game? Willie on the program shortly. Will Jordan, continuing the theme from Willie to Will, Will Jordan joins the program, All Blacks right winger. He's uh, starting again this week. He's scored eight tries in his four tests to date. Can he score uh, at least another couple this weekend? We will find out. Will Jordan on the program shortly. It's also Farah Palmer Cup time. The women's NPC getting underway this weekend. We head inside the Canterbury camp and chat with their captain, Alana Bremner, who's on the program. But the All Black side is out for the second test against Fiji, third test of of 2021. Ian Foster has named it. It's a fairly familiar sort of looking side if you consider that he's probably gone with the the side that uh, balances the game time solutions that they've got to come to for the All Blacks as well as some injuries and everything else around it. If you haven't caught up with the All Blacks team, let me run you through it. At number 15, Damien McKenzie is at the back. Will Jordan right wing. On the left wing, Sevu Reese switches across from the right to the left. It's his first test start in the 11 jumper. Anton Leonard-Brown back from injury at centre. David Havili gets another start at second five. Richie Mwonga wins the race to start at first five. Aaron Smith at halfback. Luke Jacobson, number eight. Adi Savia, open side flanker, also back from injury, a knee injury for him. Akira Ioani, blind side flanker. Samuel Whitelock and Scott Barrett are the captains. Whitelock is, of course, uh, the captain. Nepal Lalana, Cody Taylor and George Bauer, the front row again. They started last week in Dunedin. The reserves bench, Dane Coles, looking for another four tries this week, I'm sure. Ethan DeGroote, Angus Ta'avau, Brody Retallick, Shannon Frizzell, Brad Weber, Bowden Barrett and Rico Iwani completing the 23. So let's hear from Ian Foster before we move on any further as to the makeup of this side and why he's gone with Sevu Reese on the left wing side of the park. Uh, same as what he did on the right wing. You know, he's just energetic, he's busy at the moment um, and he has played quite a bit of left wing before and so... Just a chance to have a look at him on that space, but um, I think I said last week I've been been impressed with him. You know, I think he's 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 chasing well, he's energetic, he's he's looking for touches, and uh, just a chance for him to um, to I, I guess show his wares on the other side. Did you think about putting Rico on the left wing this week? Yeah, think about a lot of things, and. And again, uh, we're quite keen for, for Sever to have a chance here. Ian Foster talking about why they've gone with Sever Reese on the left wing. The other one that's going to uh, be a talking point is the selection of Richie Moonga at uh, first five over Bowden Barrett. Ian Foster again explaining why that decision's been made. Oh, I think it's shaping up just nicely. You know, it's um, it's not like we're trying to design a big boxing match one against the other. We're trying to grow. Um, our teens in terms of understanding how we play. I think 
you know, I'd, I'd give Richie the points based on the on the first two games. And but to be fair, we always expected that. You know, I think that um, um, you know, I thought Bodie was uh, yeah, he made a lot of really good decisions. I thought his instincts were probably just a fraction off, and that's why we're keen to keep playing him and keep get him more and more time. But he showed some. I was really impressed with a lot of his game management in that game, and, and to me, it's it's uh, he's not far off where we where we need him to be. But um, took a couple of pretty big head knocks, face knocks, and I thought it just maybe dampened his his desire to go to the line quite as hard as what what, it, what you know he can. And so this is a chance for him to have a little bit of a breather in that space. That is Ian Foster talking about his uh, selection of first five for this weekend. Richie Moonga getting the nod at uh, number 10, Bowden Barrett, to come off the bench. Right, let's get stuck into the makeup of this team and what we expect this weekend. Willie Lose on Rugby Direct. This is Rugby Direct, a podcast for real rugby fans. Joining us now on Rugby Direct, News Talk ZB's new rugby podcast is our sideline eye for the test this weekend between Fiji and the All Blacks in Hamilton and former Tongan international Willie Lose. Very good afternoon to you, Willie. Thanks for your time. Yeah, hi, Elliot. Good to be with you and really looking forward to um, being part of the team on Saturday. What did you make of that first test? Were you surprised by what Fiji brought to the contest? Not really. I think that um, any team that's coached by Vern Carter is always going to have a certain amount of um, strength to it and they really attacked the All Blacks where they needed to be attacked, and that's at the breakdown, you know, with the, the loose board trio, obviously, that they had. Blackadder having never, never played seven at an international level, I always thought that that was going to be where they'd be vulnerable, but I just really liked the way that the Fijians flew into it and didn't take a backward step, and, you know, that's, that's really what the All Blacks needed, considering um, the cricket score that we had the week before. Do you think this week's loose board trio is better equipped to handle it with Akira Ioane at six, Adi Savia, open side flanker, Luke Jacobson at number eight? Yeah, there's no question. I think that the three inform um, All Black loose sport, as far as I'm concerned. I think that Artie's going to just bring them that that edge that they didn't have last week. I mean, his experience, obviously, his 50th cap as well, 50th test match. So, you know, he'll be just dying to get out there and to prove a point. And then I think Luke Jacobson, for a guy that was once in the All Blacks and then out of it and then back in it, and especially at his home ground in Hamilton, has really got a rise to occasion. And they're starting to use Akita Yuani in the way that they should, Elliot, because... He's a big-time ball player, but he needs ball when he's got a bit of momentum. Giving him the ball with a standing start is just hopeless. And so I really like the way that they have started to utilise the big man and get him involved in that particular role. Richie Moonga edges out Bowden Barrett for the number 10 jersey. Probably not a surprise necessarily. Um, Ian Foster saying earlier today he gets it on a points decision across the two games. What do you want to see from Richie Moonga steering the ship of this All Blacks team this weekend? But I'd love to see him play this with the same freedom and the same sort of dominance that he has when he's with the Crusaders. Every time he wears that Crusaders jersey, there's something about it that he just becomes a different person. And he hasn't really bought all of that. And I'm not really too sure whether that's because of the coaching or whether there's something else internal with combinations that he has and things like that. You know, with Havili on the outside, that's fine. But maybe the inside, and so just more communication. But I want him, I want him to dominate. I really want him to show on an international stage just what a world-class player that he is. And that's in everything that he does, right from the kicking to get his forwards in good position, but also just his tactical judgments as well, Elliot, all around the field, you know, looking for things. And what I really like about him, what he does for the Crusaders, that no other 10 does, even Bowden Barrett, is when he does attack the line, he always gets over the advantage line. And in fact, most times when they kick it to him and he brings it back, 
he just um, he beats two or three defenders, and he's just such a wonderful runner. He is indeed. Look, the uh, the back three is interesting as well, with Sevi Reese switching to the left wing, where he hasn't started an All Blacks test before. Will Jordan on the right to Damian McKenzie at fullback. Uh, an intriguing makeup, probably highlighted by Sevi Reese and making that positional switch across the park. You have to have Will Jordan in there. That's I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you, you pick your best fifteen, and Will Jordan is certainly one of the best in the back three. So you'll find that though they. You know, wingers no longer. The old days, you stayed on your wing and you waited for the ball to come to you. With the modern game and the way that those three basically fit right in, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Damien McKenzie coming up and taking it at first receiver and Will Jordan dropping back to fullback at times just to cover. And, you know, they've got pace, all three of them, but they also read the game so beautifully. And so Will Jordan's a real threat in the air as well, which gives them the height advantage. Um, So I think that, um, you know, regardless of what number's on the back, they play such a wonderful, expansive style of rugby that that's what I'm really looking forward to is just, you'll see Severin Reese turning up on the, on the wrong wing when he's not supposed to be there <laughs> that's just the type of player he is. Fiji, on the other hand, they only had one full training session together last week once they were all out of MIQ. Uh, what do you expect from this, them this week? Can they back up what they turned on in the first hour last week? Well, that's going to be the big thing for me, mate, is how they perform in that last 20 uh, that really, the, the score blew out and it didn't really indicate just how great a game it was and how competitive PG were. So that's going to be something that I'm going to be really looking for is the impact on the bench one, but also how much have they got, how much petrol have they got now that they've had another week together, now that they've had a chance to actually work on the things they didn't want to. And, you know, they want to stop the rolling more. They want to make sure they're more efficient as far as that goes. But um, I was just disappointed in the way that they caved in that last 20 minutes. And I'm hoping um, that because they have had a, another week together, that that's not going to happen and that they're able to stay competitive right through to the 80th minute. And before you join us uh, in the commentary position sideline eye for the All Blacks in Fiji, you'll be calling uh, the action for Sky Television in Samoa and Tonga, the second leg of their World Cup qualifiers. Samoa, a comfortable win last week uh, in the, the first leg. What do you expect out of uh, the second leg, Willie? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be too much change because this is a very good Samoan side and they took 40 minutes to get into their work Mahonu um, Swalger had told us at half time that he just wanted someone to play their game, and once they started playing that high tempo game, Tonga just couldn't Tonga just couldn't stay with them. And so, I'm expecting Samoa to do it again, but this time they won't wait for the second half. I think that Samoa will be better, but I also really was proud of, of Tonga. You know, I was disgusted in the, in the performance that they put up against the All Blacks, and everyone can make excuses about you know not getting players and who was there and all of those excuses, but. Every time you put on an international jersey, you've got to go out there with the mindset of, I'm going to be the best player that I can be. And I was just disgusted the way they threw the white flag in so early. So I was proud of my Tongan uh, men last week, whether they were able to guts it out against Samoa. I'm hoping this time they can do it a little bit longer and also keep the scoreline a little bit closer. Rugby Direct, powered by Newstalk ZB. Our next guest on Rugby Direct is All Black Will Jordan. Can't help but scoring tries for the side at the moment. Scored five a couple of weeks ago against Tonga. Scored one coming off the bench last week against Fiji in Dunedin. He returns to the starting lineup wearing the 14 jersey for the second test against Fiji in Hamilton this weekend. Will Jordan, our guest on Rugby Direct. Uh, News Talk ZB Sport with Will Jordan. Well, Will, um, how's the build-up been to test number two against Fiji this week? Yeah, it's been really exciting. Um, the Hamilton weather's turned it on for the first three or four days, so the boys have uh, really enjoyed being back here, and I you know the Chiefs boys have been stoked to be to be back home, and 
Uh, obviously, a, a pretty stern challenge against the Fijians um, down in Dunedin last week. So, um, definitely a lot of focus in the group, um, a lot of energy, and a lot of excitement around. Um, continuing to build our performances as we roll through the season. You got on for a bit towards the end. What did you notice about the physicality and the, and the way they were playing? Did it come as a surprise to you? Uh, it certainly wasn't a surprise, no. I think you know, anyone who has followed the Fijian rugby for a while, you know, they're big physical boys and um, that was certainly from the first 60 minutes where I saw from the, from the bench, um, obviously a lot of talk around the breakdown, but they came pretty hard there. So I think it's really important for me personally in the outside channel that um, we're making good decisions around our support lines and um, if need be we're in the early to clean and a lot of emphasis on the ball carrier as well you know a good ball carrier starts the chain so um, that's something we'll look to focus on Does that breakdown need to be like a 1-15 to 15 approach even you guys in the outside back sort of need to lend a hand if, if required? Oh hugely you know it's um very stifling to your game if you can't continue to win ball and, and build lots of phases so um, certainly there's been a bit more chat around it up front, but across the whole team, it's it's hugely important. And um, when it's your time to, I guess, put your head in the head in the dark place and the head in the spokes and get the job done, then um, it's important that we do that out, out wide as well. You're developing a better combination with with Damien at the back. Uh, how do you feel that's building over the last few tests? Yeah, it's been good. I think yeah, we've had a couple of tests uh, together now, and um, off the field we get on pretty well as well. So I think that definitely helps. And um, you know, he's a pretty experienced player, so I've been joining. Just learning little stuff, little stuff off him, and um, I guess trying to help him out where I can. A few years ago, the All Blacks were sort of running that 15-14 approach, where either player could sort of slot in. Do you feel it's sort of getting back to that way, where you can drop it to fullback if needed, or just know what the fullback's after? Uh, yeah, I guess there's been a little bit of that over the last yeah wee while with the likes of Israel Dag and Ben Smith and uh, Jordy, I guess, in the past as well. So uh, I think it, I mean, it does help a little bit being a little bit interchangeable there and. Just knowing that uh, if the fullback's not there, then might need to drop back and that sort of thing. But um, I think there's definitely clear differences as well between the wing and fullback. And um, yeah, my role is weak as the winger, so uh, we're making sure that um, yeah, probably first focus on the front line, and then I guess like you say, have a look back and um, fill in when needed. Different midfield this week. Does that change for you and, and having to adjust to, to a, perhaps a new way of playing with with Anton at centre and rather than Rico? Um, Oh, not hugely, I don't think. I think um, you know, I've had a lot of footy with Davey before, so um, it was exciting to see him back in the black jersey last week and uh, I thought he was outstanding, so I know he'll be looking forward to, to keep him pushing forward. And uh, same with Anton, you know, 50th test for him. Um, you know, been an awesome player over the last five, six years for the All Blacks, so he's slotted back in seamlessly this week. And um, yeah, it's just about having those conversations throughout the week and, and you build build combinations as you go. So yeah, looking forward to getting out there with him. I'm guessing Anton would have probably been gone from the first, or you were sorry you wouldn't have been in the first 15 by the time Anton was there at Boys High nah I think I I was year 10 when he was year 13 so um, I was just chipping away in the old under 15s when he was running amok for the Boys High first 15 but nah I certainly have um, you know fond memories of watching him play in the first 15 and um, you know, he's been really yeah not cool guy to have in the environment for me um, you know being down that similar path through Christchurch Boys so um, it's been nice having someone like that around how, how special to have David Havili get a, a run of tests now back to back given what he's been through over the last couple of years which you would have seen up close with the Crusaders yeah massively I think um, everyone can see from his whole career how skillful a player is and uh, he's a real triple threat across the park and like you say, uh, the perseverance that he's shown through the last, I guess, three to four years to, to find his way back in, um, you know, it's hugely impressive and inspiring to watch. I think it's easy, it would have been easy for him to perhaps head overseas and um, give up on the dream, but he's really stuck at it and I guess 
the last couple of weeks have been his reward for that and looking forward to seeing him continue to grow. Had a few tests into last year, a couple more this year. What are you learning about test rugby and how, how difficult it is and, and what you need to adapt from, from playing super? Yeah, I think just from the start, it's, it's definitely more physical and a lot faster. And um, as a whole, it's, it's definitely smaller margins uh, are the big difference. And um, I think it's just little things really, like it's just around really nailing your role and um, making sure you do that to the best of your ability. And I guess in super where a pass at the back shoulder or, you know, a passive tackle might be accepted, you know, test footy, that, that's under a microscope. So those are things I've obviously been starting to pick up, up on over the last six months or so. If Nemanja Ndola was on the left wing for Fiji, have you, have you got a plan? Because, you, you know, back in the day for the Crusaders, he was sort of scoring tries for fun and yeah. sort of a bit of him last week as well. Have you got a plan to, to try and uh, tackle him? Yeah, we gave him a few of the big boys after training today to just get a few reps in. But, no, like you say, um, it was pretty cool when I was a young fellow and he was he was carving up for the Crusaders. So, um, yeah, he's a big man, isn't he? So, I guess, look to get up and cut down his time and space and... Um, yeah, probably be looking to go around the round the bootlaces like they say. But um, yeah, I think it's a team effort, and um, yeah, I guess when it comes to situation, you've just got to do your best to, to bring them to ground. Just finally, what has been the, the focus this week as a as an All Black side? Has it been around the physicality, or has it been it been something else you've looked at to, to focus on? Uh, yeah, I think physicality has been something that's been um, brought up a lot, both internally and externally, which has made it a bit of a focus. But I think for us, Foz touched on it around it's actually only the third test of the year, so um, yeah, we're definitely still building, and over the last couple of weeks, we've made some massive strides, and I think it's important for us just to keep getting better and to keep showing the, that growth, and um, that, that's the main goal for this week, is to put out a better performance than what we had last week. Will Jordan starting in the 14 jersey for the All Blacks Saturday night against Fiji in Hamilton Live commentary on News Talk ZB, Gold AM and iHeartRadio. Every try. Two tries in 60 seconds. Every tackle. Contact the tackle, tackle get up again. Every big moment. The All Blacks going to score. They always have you before halftime. It's Rugby Direct, powered by News Talk ZB. Plenty of test match footy on the go at the moment. We've got the All Blacks this weekend. Wallabies France decide a Saturday night. The British and Irish Lions are probably playing someone this weekend, although they may not know who until the last minute. That way that tour seems to be going. But the Farah Palmer Cup starts from a New Zealand perspective, our national women's rugby competition. Canterbury going for five straight titles. They won last year's title in an absolute thriller over Waikato, which seems to be replayed ad nauseum on Sky at the moment. We've got coverage for you on iHeartRadio right throughout the season as well. The captain of the Canterbury team looking for that fifth straight title is Alana Bremner. I caught up with Alana via Zoom over the course of the week and asked how preparations were going for this year's season. Yeah, we're all really excited. We've had, um, I think, three weeks of pre-season. Um, played each other last week, so we're looking forward to um, getting into it. Um, got counties this weekend um, on Saturday, so yeah, very excited to get into it. Yeah, last four years, obviously, champions again. Is the drive still there for a, a fifth title? Yeah, it's obviously something that's always in um, the back of your mind, but with the competition being a different layout this year, we've got gone back to championship, premiership, um, and then obviously the Canterbury team, it's a new group of girls who haven't won it before, so yeah, just taking it week by week. You prefer that, the, the, compared to last year, there's obviously the North-South pools back to premiership, championship this year, do you prefer it that way? Um, yeah, I'm excited to go back to the premiership, championship, um, more competitive games and yeah, no, I enjoy, I think it's um, a better setup for the competition, but yeah, better for all teams, I think. You mentioned there's a few new players in the mix, so who's come into the squad this year? 
Um, we've got Emma Dermody um, and Stacey now. So she's actually a um, New Zealand volleyballer as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and then another cross-coder, we've got Bronwyn Dib. Um, she's a New Zealand trampolinist. And then we have um, Georgia Miller, um, Amy Duplessis and Marcel Parks, who have come from, um, Amy is from Otago and Marcel's come down from Wellington. So, yeah, um, they've added a lot of value to the team already. So excited to have them. Marcel Parks obviously has been in the Black Ferns before uh, or around that environment. So having some you know, some different players, different voices must be good for the, um, the team just as you try and refresh things for 2021. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, she's come down here, you know, willing to, really excited to learn and um, put her rugby first and she's added a lot of value and she's an exciting player. So I can't wait to um, see her play in the red and black. The um, the final from last year, it constantly pops up on Sky. It was a, it was an absolute <laughs> doozy, wasn't it? How long did it take you to sort of um, believe that it sort of played out that did with uh, that, that last minute draw, the last minute try or the try after the, after the siren? Yeah. Oh, it was pretty stressful. Well, I think it was only two days later we were straight into the um, one of the Black Ferns trial games. So we, it, I almost didn't process it for a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, pretty pretty stressful, but super exciting. And, um, yeah, a final I'll always remember, for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, it was absolutely juicy. Do you expect Waikato to be up there again this year in, in, in terms of challenging for the title? Yeah, um, absolutely. We have them second up um, at their home this time, so... It's going to be like almost a rerun of the final again. Um, so, yeah, round two, we've got them. It's going to be another fast game. And um, I think they'll, <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be looking forward to this game and hopefully trying to take it out for them. But, yeah. Opening weekend, Counties Monaco, what do you expect uh, from them this weekend? Um, we know they're a really strong side. Um, they've got, you know, a strong forward pack and they're strong all around the park and, um, I guess first game, every team's probably still trying to work a few things out um, together, so there might be a little bit of rust, but um, all in all, I think it'll be a really good match. Obviously, there was expecting to be the, the Rugby World Cup on around this time. It's not going to be, it's going to be next year, so perhaps some players in, in every team that weren't expecting to necessarily be in the mix um, will be, be there for the whole campaign. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was um, a few girls that were maybe not didn't think they were going to play another year of um, Fire Bomber Cup. So it's really exciting. You know, we've got the likes of Kendra Coxage um, and she's just, she's just an absolute asset to our team and brings so much. And then again, with the World Cup um, next year, um, it also means players, you know, have the opportunity to um, be involved in that squad um, to the lead up to the World Cup. So there'll definitely be a lot to play for this year. Kendra, I think, is into her 15th season of Farah Palmer. So um, it must be good as, for you as a captain to have someone that can you can lean on uh, experience-wise uh, in the back line and, and call on when you need them? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing having uh, the likes of Kendra and then Steph Terahadi Fox, she's back again. Um, she's going to be playing her 100th game this year, which is exciting. So, yeah, just having players like that around me, um, learning off them, you know, they're truly experienced um, players and leaders. So... Great to have them. That's Alana Bremner, captain of the Canterbury Farah Palmer Cup team, shooting for five straight titles this year. They play Counties Monaco, the Heat, first up on Saturday afternoon, 2.05, live commentary on iHeartRadio of that match. The Auckland Storm and Bay of Plenty Volcanics kick off the season from five past midday earlier on Saturday afternoon. The Farah Palmer Cup underway this weekend. Call yourself a real rugby fan. This is Rugby Direct.
Nearly time to wrap things up on the Rugby Direct podcast for another week. As we do every week, we finish with a little segment called The Final Say. Now, this week on the show, I've I've gone the first couple of weeks, I'm going a bit quirky, a bit interesting, a bit funny. This week, I've just gone with Ian Foster, being asked if he's been keeping a close eye on the Australia-France series and also what's happening in the Lions series over in South Africa with a view to later on in the year when he'll face Australia, South Africa and some of those teams that make up the British and Irish Lions, as well as France on the end of year tour. This is what he had to say. Yeah, a lot of notice. What are you seeing? Um, oh, I've seen that over in Australia, it's a really competitive series, isn't it? You know, and seen a team that um, one team played a lot of rugby and a lot of phases and... Um, and if you don't get every phase right, you get punished. And so there's very much a, a theme there, isn't it, where teams are backing their defence and their ability to, to look for weakness in support systems and go for it. So, uh, But it's been a, pr- a pretty tough series over the Aussie-French one. And, and the South African one, well, I, I guess it's, um, that, that series is always going to be tough, isn't it? But, uh, again, you've got, a, you've got one team that's making making a lot of passes and, and making 15 to, to 20 line breaks and another team only beats about four defenders and makes two line breaks and they win the game. And so you've got a very much a carry, conservative type game plan versus a expansive one and that's that's the balance nowadays. All Blacks coach Ian Foster talking about what he's seen so far in the Wallabies France series, which is decided Saturday night, and the ongoing Lions series in South Africa. Right, that'll do us for week three of Rugby Direct. Just a reminder, we have live commentary of the All Blacks and Fiji. Live on News Talk ZB Saturday night, myself, Steve Gordon and Willie Lose will be calling the action from FMG Stadium, Waikato in Hamilton. Very much looking forward to that. Enjoy your weekend of rugby. We'll see you next time on Rugby Direct.